For those who have been listening during the last five broadcasts, you know that we've been talking about how to study the Bible in a practical way. Much more could be said than what we have said or what I will say today, and I realize that. But perhaps the hints that I've been giving you on the practical steps to take have been of some value to you. Today we're going to wrap it all up with a final discussion of this matter of purpose in Bible study. Now I want to, you to imagine me writing you a letter. Suppose you are an employer who uh, has a job. Let's say uh, uh, your job opening is uh, down at the local bank, and I would like to become a teller at your bank. And so I say, uh, my name is Jay Adams, so-and-so, and I give you some facts about myself, and I say, I would like to apply for a position as a teller at your bank. And you're the person who must make the decision. Now let's suppose that you decide you're going to find out everything you can about me, about the circumstances in which the letter was written, the time and the place of writing, and you begin to investigate, and you find out all these facts. Let's say you dig back into my past, you get into various records of my previous employment, you talk to the employers, you know how well I've worked or how poorly I've done. You discover everything you can about me. You also take some of my other letters that have been written someplace else, and maybe you find some of the things that I've written somewhere, and you investigate my use of particular words and terms, and you discover, ha, ah, this is the way he says he will or he shall or he, he will not. And you understand exactly where the emphasis falls and where it doesn't fall and so on. And you get to all this thorough work. And finally, at the conclusion of the whole thing, after days and days, you sit back in your easy chair and you say, I understand this letter from the very beginning to the end. I understand when he says, dear sir, exactly how he uses those words. When he says, sincerely yours, exactly what he means. And I understand everything in between. And now I understand it. And you close the letter, you go on to your other, other business, and you stop right there. That would be sort of stupid, wouldn't it? It'd be kind of foolish. You'd have spent a lot of effort for nothing. What in the world would you have studied all that for if you didn't want to get at the purpose of the letter or the intention that I had in writing the letter? And yet, people by the thousands today study the Bible in exactly that way. They study it. They try to get the historical background, which is important. They try to get, understand who wrote it. Under what circumstances? To whom? What his vocabulary is like in other places? How he uses words here? What his meanings are when he uses a phrase like this? And so on and so on and so on and so on. When it's intention or the purpose of my letter was to get a job. And if you don't act on that purpose, you have done all this effort of investigating the writer for nothing. And a lot of people have done a lot of Bible investigation in vain. They haven't acted upon what they found out that the passage was saying. They have missed the purpose. Never read a passage without understanding the purpose and acting as a result on the basis of that purpose, whatever it was that the Holy Spirit intended to do. Now, we said that he may have as his general purpose to inform or to persuade or to motivate. He might want to tell you something you need to know, like when in those phrases that Paul used, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning something or other. Or he may want to persuade you to believe something or to disbelieve something. Or he may want you to get up off of your seat or your pew and to go out and do something that God intends you to do. But generally speaking, the emphasis will fall, and I say emphasis because usually these three things are combined one with another or all three together, the emphasis will fall upon one or the other. Never miss the other in the passage as well as the one that has the greatest emphasis. 
Uh, one passage, for example, that shows the combination of items is in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, where he says, I don't want you to be informed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. There's a mo- there, there is a informative purpose. He wants to give the facts about death and those who have died in Christ and how, uh, as he says in verse 15, we who are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep and the Lord will descend with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive and remain shall rise. He gives all the facts and he gives the information he said he was setting out to give. But then at the end, he goes on to a motivational purpose. He says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. So the words are to be used in two ways, to inform us, which is important, but also to be used as comfort. Incidentally, he didn't say battle each other with these words about the various views that you might have on the second coming. He said that these words were given not to teach facts about the second coming that we could battle over, but facts about the second coming and the resurrection that would be of comfort to people who need this comfort. So here is Paul's purpose in the passage, and always we must look for the purpose. Now, the general purpose is one of those three. The specific purpose is to inform about what, persuade us to believe or disbelieve what, or to persuade us to do what. Just ask the question what, and then fill in the answer to that question, and you have your specific purpose. You ought to be able to write out your purpose in every Bible study. Now, let me talk about this business of purpose a little bit. There are larger purposes and smaller purposes. There are major purposes and sub-purposes, minor purposes. For example, the whole Bible has its purposes. I've talked about those, to help us to love God and love our neighbor. Those are the overall purposes of the Bible. The Old Testament has its purpose. The New Testament has its purpose. Each book of the Bible has its purpose. For example, the books of Luke and Acts were written together to a man named Theophilus to help him to know about the the history of the early church that he might have an assurance for his faith, faith, a solid basis. And so that was the purpose, to give that kind of an assurance to someone who would read it. Uh, The Gospel of John was written to lead people to faith in Christ. It's not an amazing thing, then, that John 3.16, John 1.12, John uh, 5.24, John 14, John 3.36, and all those great salvation passages in John have uh, been so blessed by God to lead people to Christ. That's what the book was for. Why not use it for that purpose? First, John was written to give people assurance. These things are written to you who believe that you may know that you have eternal life. So look for these purpose statements or these purpose clues in the books. Jude says, I wrote because there were certain people who have uh, come in unawares and I wanted to make you ready to defend the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Now often those purpose statements occur, but sometimes they don't occur. You have to discover the purpose by reading the book and saying, what is the purpose? Galatians, it doesn't tell you what the purpose is, but you certainly realize it's to show that salvation is by grace through faith and faith alone and not all these other things that have come in. Philippians had about four purposes to it, to uh, tell people uh, about Epaphroditus' health uh, since he had gotten sick uh, in serving Paul, to uh, tell them about the split in the church and how to heal it, to thank them for the gift that he had sent, and to generally tell them Christian things that would be of help to them in their lives. Uh, Second and third, John occur uh, with their purposes, as I mentioned in an earlier broadcast. The Thessalonian letters have to do with the second coming and false teaching that had come in to correct that and to give truth about that, and so on and so on. So there are the purposes in books. Then there are sub-purposes in each part of each book or each part of each part of each book. You might get sub-purposes and sub-sub-purposes. So that the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son, is not really the parable of the prodigal son, but the parable of the elder brother 
which is the point of that whole parable, and how we should not uh, be like him, grumping and complaining when somebody is won and brought into the kingdom, but like the angels in heaven that rejoice, like the woman who found her coin that rejoiced, like the man who found his sheep that rejoiced, so the father who rejoiced who found his son. And we should be like that father rather than like the Pharisees who grumped and complained about Christ winning the harlots and publicans and bringing them into the fold. This is what purpose is all about. Learn to use the Bible in a practical way and it will be a deep and rich blessing for you. I hope this study and this series will be a benefit right away. Lord, bless people that they may study to learn your purpose and change their lives by it. For Christ's sake, amen. Thank you.